Hi, everyone. Welcome to Optimize Interviews Ethics Scenarios. Uh, my name is Danik Pereira, and I'm joined by Justin today. And we are talking about, uh, we are discussing the scenario based on mental capacity and power of attorney. So, Justin, your scenario today is um, as such. So, you're, you're the doctor looking after an 85-year-old gentleman with a background of severe heart failure, COPD, chronic kidney disease, and cognitive impairment, and has been admitted to hospital with a community-acquired pneumonia, and they need intravenous antibiotics. The admitting team has established a ward-based ceiling of care and a DNAR. The daughter, who has the power of attorney, is unhappy with this decision and would like to remove it. How would you approach the situation? So I think firstly, it's it's really important to just to establish, you know, the facts of the, of the clinical situation and just seek to clarify a little bit more, um, you know, what what the circumstances are surrounding the situation. So from the patient's perspective, um, I would want to know whether or not I want to read back on the clinical notes um, just to see, you know, what decisions have been made and what conversations have been held before during this this admission and also you know perhaps prior to this admission as well thinking about whether or not they've had any you know previous discussions about this or um, any advanced directives you know documented that the patient might have um so i think another thing important to establish is whether or not the patient does have capacity uh, in this particular situation um, so I want to carry out, you know, a two-stage mental you know, capacity assessment um, because, you know, as per the Mental Health Act, you know, we must always assume patients have capacity until proven otherwise. So it's important to, to you know, determine whether or not the patient has capacity um, because this also has an impact on whether or not the power of attorney um, is active. Um, it, you know, it, it really hinges on whether or not the patient has, you know, mental capacity. So... So uh, I think that would probably be the most important thing to, to, to establish from a patient point of view, what his or her wishes are, whether they've had previous advanced directives and whether or not they are currently, uh, you know, whether they currently have, have capacity. Um, uh, if they do, I would have to seek um, consent from them to, to speak to the power of attorney. And if they're happy for me to do so, um, then I think it, It'd be good as well just to um, have a chat and find out a bit more about uh, from the daughter in this scenario um, you know what their understanding of DNAR is you know what their understanding of ward-based ceiling of care is and, and what the sort of conversations that have been had before in the past about um, you know what their what their ideas and their conceptions of, of what these things are and, and just try to, to explain and to clarify these things. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I think, you know, making sure from the patient's perspective that they've got capacity. Um, and then if they do speaking to getting consent and speaking to the power of attorney, the, the daughter who carries power of attorney um, to try and understand, clarify, you know, the, the facts of the situation. Uh, I think it's important probably at this point just to mention that I think the, the DNAR is a clinical decision. Um, and it's it's not for the patient or indeed any of, of their relatives or, or power of attorney to, to demand for for any treatment um, which the medical team feel um, might not be in the best interests um, of the patient. So in this 
particular instance um, sort of escalating this patient who, who sounds in this scenario quite comorbid, um, you know, offering them invasive treatments such as intubation and ventilation, for instance, you know, might not be in their best interest. And this, you know, the, you know, the, this is an important ethical principle to uphold, you know, the, the, the principle of non-maleficence um, and ensuring that you, you don't, you know, you don't do harm as a result of the interventions that you're trying to do for, for the patient. Um, I think after having explained all of this to, to the patient and the, and the relative and the power of attorney, um, if, if they weren't satisfied with, with this answer, I think I'd, I'd quite like to get a bit of support um, from my senior medical colleagues. So that's the you know treating medical team registrar, um, as well as, as well as, as well as the on-call no as well as the consultant that's looking after the patient, um, and offer perhaps the patient and the relative to, to have a sort of family meeting, um, with a more senior medical staff present. Um, just to just to see if that you know escalating that might help to, to clarify some some doubts and and cover some bases that I might have missed you know previously. Um, I I think I think broadly speaking these are the sort of steps that I I'd be taking, in the first instance. Yeah, good. I think I think you did a very good job. Thank you. Um, so you know, it's it's very good. I think it all sounds very reasonable. And, and provided that you know you have that discussion and the and the family are still unhappy. Is there anything else you would do to kind of um, uh, that, you know, they, for example, if they want to make a complaint, how would you handle that situation? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think in any circumstance where, where there is disagreement, I think seeking for a second opinion, a second medical opinion, you know, might, might, might be helpful. And that might just be the thing that, you know, sort of, sort of covers the base and, 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 you know, satisfies them. But I think, you know, going back to your question, if, they were still unsatisfied um, with that. Um, obviously, they have, you know, it is within their rights to to put in a complaint, and and the and the way to direct them is through to the PALS service, um, so patient advisory and liaison service in the hospital or in the trust uh, might probably be the first port of call. So just sort of signposting them in that direction, and you know, saying you know, letting them understand that you know they, they are well within their rights to. To put in a complaint um, for whatever reason, and it will be looked into and, and will be dealt with um, in a fair, uh, you know, uh, an unbiased manner, um, is is probably the right thing to do. To you know, excellent. Well, thank you, thank you for your answer. Okay, thanks.